0: I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of The Dairy Edge, dairy specialist George Ramsbottom gives advice on the key areas to improve farm profits in the year ahead.
1: There are a number of areas that we focus on, Emma-Louise, to try and raise profitability at farm level. The first would be... In terms of farm output, and if we focus in on the day at the end of it, which is the end we're most interested in, uh, uh, things that will increase the kind of farm growth output will be stuff like the milk price being received. So, where competition is really good uh, versus farms where competition is pretty poor, uh, you could see differences, easy see differences in, on a gross output basis of four and five cents per litre uh, between some of the better farmers and some of the poorer farmers uh, in terms of milk composition. And, of course, higher versus lower cell count as well. So that would be one area we'd look at. The second area we'd look at in terms of growth output would be to do with the sales of, of um, stock uh, relative to the cows. So, for example, farms that sell cows in very poor condition, just as they're coming out of the parlour, will have a lower growth output than farms where, the, um, where they're selling cows that are in milk at calving time. So we... Highly highly fertile farms will have more cows uh, being sold that are in milk and of higher value than than uh, cows that are sold, you know, just out of the power at the end of the lactation because they're empty or lame or whatever it is. So, where fertility is really good, or things like lameness can be kept under control, you'll have big differences there in terms of growth output other than cows. The second thing there on the growth output side would be to do with the sales of uh, stock other than cows, such as calves. So. On farms where fertility is really good, uh, there's going to be much higher um, sales of calves compared to farms where there's a, a poor fertility performance on the farm and less calves for sale per 100 cows. And then, of course, things like breed choice uh, creeps into it there as well. So on farms where there's a proportionately more beef calves being born uh, in the line of, say, for example, Angus or Hereford calves to add value to the later born calves on the farm, that, w- that again will increase um, the gross output side of the house. So now that we talked about output, the secondary where we can increase uh, profitability levels will come from the costs of production side of the equation. So we, if we think then within that and look at the, the variable costs, the, the kind of big ones that we can make uh, inroads in will be around things like uh, feed costs. So uh, very high levels of meal feeding and the analysis that we've done in the past uh, will show that not all meal that's fed uh, is profitable meal. So typically we target uh, meal levels, feeding levels for spring calving farms of between five and seven hundred kilos of feed per cow per year. Now this year was a basket case in terms of uh, the level of feed that people had to feed because of the, the dry weather that, that we experienced across the summer. But typically where between five and seven hundred kilos a meal of meal have been fed per annum, that will be delivering costs of between 150 and 100 and and 200 euro per cow, or that's about 3 to 4 cents of feed cost per 5,000 litre cow. So if we can keep feed costs reasonably, reasonably low, it'll obviously help to keep the production costs uh, down fairly substantially. The second kind of cost we look at there will be fertiliser costs. And typically we'll see costs in the order of 120 to 150 euro per cow on in terms of fertiliser costs. So that's working somewhere between 2 and 3 cents per litre for fertiliser costs. They'll be the big two, and I suppose if you think about the the fertilizer costs, the one you don't skimp on is is certainly is, is lime because lime is, is feeding the soil, it's keeping the indexes of P and K right, and it's making more nitrogen available as well. So even though lime might seem like it's a capital investment, in terms of cost saving, it's one that I'd absolutely encourage that the maximum is used to keep the soil pH correct and provide enough of the other nutrients to the. Plants in the field to grow,
0: and I suppose just uh, you know to come in on that, like lime is so cheap um, to spread, and the the levels of lime being spread across the country are very low.
1: Yeah, so the the lime has been spread in the country is is way below what's needed. And, and my rule of thumb is if ninety percent of the country got two tons of lime, we could make fairly substantial savings in PK and nitrogen uh, over the next couple of years because of the beneficial effect that would have. It it, it yield a return of three or four to one, most, most certainly. So lime is the one you do not skimp on, nearly irrespective of the year that you're talking about. Now, this year gone by there, 2018, has been a, a crazy year in terms of what's happened on the cost side of things. So we'll, we'll be looking typically at uh, higher meal feeding levels, typically maybe half a ton more meal fed. That would be in the order of around three cents feet or more meal fed uh, in 2018 compared to 2017, which is an absolute pesky year. And soon as we, we get back to uh, fairly normal grass growth uh, growing conditions in 2019, we, we're hoping to see a big reduction in, in both meal feeding levels um, and hopefully with the same output being achieved in 2019 as was achieved in 2018.
0: So just to pick up on a few points that you've made, George, in terms of milk price, you have said that good composition will drive a higher milk price in the region of 4 to 5 cent per litre. In terms of the composition, um, we can we can control some of that in terms of management. What are the key factors that would drive composition in terms of nutrition and management on farms?
1: So when we look at the, what drives composition at farm level, the big driver, uh, as far as I'm concerned, when I look at the data, is the X factor, which is the the human factor. So things like early turn out to grass a long grazing season they have a huge impact particularly on protein content that's being fed the second thing is obviously the genetic uh, component of the herd so genetics will explain about 60% of the variation in terms of the difference between farms uh, in terms of milk, the milk uh, output being attained and the third thing that will drive it will be the uh, lactation length so herds that are more fertile with lots of cows calving towards the start of the calving season and then having a long lactation through into the autumn and early winter those herds will typically have the highest uh, composition that's achievable uh, at farm level so really a lot of this is being driven by decisions around decisions around the kind of genetics you want to have in your herd and then secondly by the man- how well you manage the herd subsequently I suppose the, you, you might say that the, to me that the, we can't determine, the, we can't turn the genetics around in one year. But I suppose the answer to that is no, you can't. But in the medium to longer term, the breeding program that's put in place this coming season will determine the type of herd that you have in, in a couple of years' time. And the sooner you, you start to really ramp up the genetic and merit of the herd for composition, the faster you're going to make the gains That you need to be achieving to achieve a very high milk price in the years ahead.
0: And then, if we if we focus on costs, George, um, like you gave us um, a nice guide in terms of what we'd expect uh, feed and fertilizer to be. So, your feed coming in at three to four cent um, per liter, and your fertilizer coming in at maybe two to three cent. Um, What should that look like on on your profit monitor? Is that correct uh, at those levels, or should it look different?
1: So they'll be based on, uh, milk production output in the order of around five to five and a half thousand litres per cow. With nine percent solid or close to nine percent solid which is a pretty high target. You'd be talking about delivering or producing around 450 to 470 kilos of milk solid per cow with those. So we talk about kind of total variable and fixed costs in the order of around the 20 cent mark. Uh, that's before the, your own labour. Before, um, bank charges or taxation are taken into account. So you're talking about in the order of around 20 cents per litre of production costs or costs on a per cow basis of around a thousand to 1100 euro. And then we're talking about a gross output figure of with a base price of 30 cents per litre for milk and a milk price achieved of around 32 or 3 cents per litre and gross output of around 35. You're talking about a margin there of somewhere in 13 and 15 cents per litre for the the profit to accommodate your own labour, uh, bank charges and uh, taxation, so that would that would deliver uh, a net profit per cow in the in the a ballpark figure of around seven hundred and fifty euro per cow, off a base of thirty cent per litre milk price, and it would deliver on the per hectare basis. stock to the cow to the hectare is deliver over two thousand euro of a net profit per hectare on the dairy hectare farmed.
0: Yeah, and I suppose um, Mike, another question in relation to that: Should the fertilizer be higher? In terms of you were saying two, three cent per liter, should it be higher?
1: Well, I tell you, warning, warning signals. Look at where you start with the fertilizer is establish what your um, what your P and K indices are, and if they, if you're to maintain it, um, your, your fertilizer targets will be kind of slightly individual because in some farms there'll be more build up of P and K required than other farms. So yes, it may be too low on some farms. Uh, but it may be a bit on the high side in other are only trying to maintain the P and K levels on those farms. And as I said before, that the pH is a critical uh, factor in determining availability and uh, the index of P and K on the farm.
0: You mentioned that on average, farms fed an extra half tonne of meal, which cost in the region of three cent per litre. Is that the only additional costs farmers are seeing um, as a result of the year that we've had? Or do we expect um Additional increased uh, costs.
1: I said on average, the difference in um, meal feeding levels was, I would, ex- I would have expected, just talking to farmers and advisors about it, was about half a tonne, but it's hugely variable, absolutely massively variable. So in the southeast of the country, really from niche down into the bottom right hand corner of Ireland, you'll have seen um, substantially more meal on average in that fed. Uh, the west and northwest had a reasonably favourable year. The big, big ticket item was, uh, meal. But indeed, on many farms, in addition to the higher meal costs, there was also, uh, substantially more forage purchased and fed on those farms. So it won't have, on some farms, there was no forage bought. And on other farms, there were substantial quantities of, uh, stuff like whole crop, uh, grain, whole crop, uh, cereals bought or bought in silage and hay, uh, to try and make up the forage deficits that are prevalent on farms. Talking to, um, some of the people who were attending the national forestry or national forage advisory, uh, workshops in the last couple of weeks, we're being told that on average, the discrepancy or the forage deficit is 5%, but it's, it's only on a third of farms. And on those farms, it's a significant 15% deficit, which is, is quite scary. It's, uh, more than you'd like to see, more than you'd be comfortable with because the 15% deficit based on 140 days is a three weeks, three weeks shortfall on a third of farms in the country. So uh, costs have, extra costs have been incurred. On some farms, it was only extra meal. On many farms, it was both meal and forage. And the after effects will be, will be seen up to the early summer of the coming year. And a lot of people will be hoping in those regions that are most affected, they'll be, be hoping for an, an early uh, spring.
0: I suppose taking all of what we've discussed into account, George, can, can you kind of condense, say, the the target target areas for people you know to achieve these lower costs and higher output on farms
1: okay so to achieve kind of lower costs and higher output on farm we're talking about a highly fertile herd of cows a calf compactly in the spring the cows are turned out uh, onto um, index 3 p and k farms with zero uh, percent of the area at low ph They'll be fed, you know, we we would expect maximum of four kilos of meal in the spring. They'll peak at around twenty seven to thirty litres and they'll have a long and sustained uh peak yield across March, April and May. Deliver between four fifty and five hundred kilos of milk solid per cow on between half a tonne and three quarters of a ton of meal. That milk will be of high composition and uh, the cows will be dried off from mid November through to mid December.
0: So just to to recap, George, you, um, I think fertility was your big point at the start. So we're talking a fertile cow and also fertile soils. You know, placing fertile a,
1: cow and fertile soil delivering healthy profits at farm level.
0: And and then you know focusing on grass, getting the grass into the cow. You know, achieving a high level of milk production across maybe ten months of the year. So you know, compact calving will give a long lactation. Um, you know, and tying things up nicely where things are slowing down on farm in November December giving the cow and the farmer a break
1: absolutely well, a well deserved break
0: thanks George you're
1: welcome Louise.
0: that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to George Ramsbottom for joining me on this week's show don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge